You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. I'm excited to get into the Word with you this morning, uh, so I want to give you a little bit of a context, an understanding of where we're going to be resting, uh, finding ourselves this morning. We're still continuing, continuing in the marvelous book of Mark. How many of y'all are enjoying this series, enjoying the book of Mark? It has been blessing me, and I hope to continue to bless you this morning. And so we're going to find ourselves, uh, the story we're going to be resting, we're going to be reading and looking at, is the story immediately after uh, the feeding of the five. 5,000, the miracle that took place where Jesus took just a couple of loaves of bread and a couple of fish, and he fed thousands of people. And our story happens immediately after that, and we'll see Mark's, one of Mark's favorite words. If you read through Mark, you know that he loves the word immediately. It's a big thing for him, and so we'll see it. And so I want to encourage you this morning as we read, I'm going to, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, open it up to Mark chapter 6, verses 45, and I'm going to read a couple of verses there. Um, but before I share um, this as we read, I wanted to share with you guys an image uh, that I just happened, it's kind of crazy, I just so happened to stumble upon it as, um, not as I was actually preparing, because I don't scroll through Facebook while I'm writing my sermon, uh, that'll just throw me off a lot, but I was just scrolling through Facebook one evening uh, during these past couple weeks, and I saw this image, and I thought, if you're a meme type of person, I thought you might enjoy it, so throw it up there, baby Jesus at the bath time, trying to get in the bath, and mama's like, come on, it's time to get a bath. And Jesus is like, Mm-mm, no, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here on the water. And so I thought that was pretty funny. I thought I would share that with you this morning. So here we are in Mark chapter 6, verses 45. We're just on the heel of this feeding of the 5,000 miracles. So the people, Jesus, the disciples are all feeling really good right now. And let's read what happens in verse 45. It says, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd. And after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray, as Jesus would do quite often. And when, when evening came, the boat was out on the sea, and he was alone on the land. And he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost. And they cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand about the loaves, but their hearts were hardened. So when they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came in villages, cities, or countrysides, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. So I want to give you the title of my sermon this morning. Everybody repeat after me. Say, Perspective in the Storm. 
So this is what I'm going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be resting in this scripture, and we're going to be talking about um, a couple of things that I just observed um, that I thought blessed me, and I want to hopefully bless you this morning as well as we continue through this, and we're going to be talking about perspective in the storm. So the first thing I want to talk to you about this morning, number one point is, if you're taking notes, write this down, Jesus doesn't promise us a stormless life. Now, what do I mean? We see in verse 45 that Jesus commanded the disciples to hop into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida. And so as the disciples were obeying Jesus, giving the command for them to hop into the boat, as they were obeying him, they experienced this storm as they were doing so. And so I don't know about you, but if you talk to anybody who has been a Christian for any sort of amount of time, or if you read the Bible from the front to the, to the end, there is nowhere in Scripture that will tell you that once you accept Jesus into your heart, you say yes, you've said, I've been there, I've accepted him into my heart. I believe that he is God. I believe that he's with me, that he says after that, after you confess your sins, you believe in your heart, and then you'll live a life without hardship. That, you don't see that in Scripture. That doesn't happen. Jesus never promises us a life without its hardships, a life without its storms. And if you ask anybody, like I said, who's been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that you still face struggles. You still face these hardships. And so I wanted to point that out and to share with you this morning that the reality is we still experience storms. We still experience these things every day. I know uh, from my perspective, my, my idea, my point, when I think about um, if that were true, man, it would be really nice. It sounds really nice. If we did, if that was a reality, if we did experience a stormless life, that means our grandparents would get to live forever. So if there's any kids in here who are like, man, I love my grandparents. I wish that was the truth. But unfortunately, it's not. That's a hard thing to grasp. That's a difficult thing to really let soak in. And some of y'all are like, man, really, I thought this was going to be an uplifting, hopeful message. He's being a Debbie Downer. I know we'll get into some stuff because I promise you, even though as we face these storms, Jesus is still with us. He sees us. And that's my second point that I want to talk to you about this morning is that when we face these storms, Jesus sees us in our storms. If we take a look at verses 46 through 48, it says, and after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. And when evening came, the boat was out on the sea and he was alone on the land. And now I find it interesting that Mark, as he's writing his gospel, he decides to make the distinction that Jesus was separate. Jesus was on the land and the disciples were in the boat. He makes it a point to share that, to express this to that, that they were distant, they were separate. And it says that he saw that they were making headway painfully, for the wind was against them. The wind, the waves, the sea was all against them. And so we see that Jesus sees them in the midst of their struggle. And maybe it's just me, but sometimes, I don't know about you, as I'm in my storms, as I'm in my struggles, as I'm trying to just painfully make my way through all the different situations I find myself in life, sometimes it feels like the complete opposite. It feels like Jesus doesn't see me. It feels like God is a distant on the land. He's by himself. He's bothered or busy with somebody else in their storm that I'm over here in my boat sinking, trying to figure out how I'm going to stop myself from sinking. 
and find my way through. But the reality is this morning, I want to tell you the truth is you are and you will never be out of the sight of God. Jesus sees you no matter how big your situation is, no matter how big or small the struggle is that you're facing. He sees you and he knows your heart and he knows where you're at and he sees you as we struggle and he sees you as we continue to make our way. I don't know about you, but I find myself, I love to kayak. I like to be outdoors and I love to kayak. And so I make the analogy um, that it's like kayaking. If you've ever tried to kayak or even swim or do that type of thing upstream, it's a struggle. It is very difficult to swim, to kayak, to do those things upstream. And so it feels like I'm just struggling over and over again. I can't find my way through this. How am I going to figure out? My muscles are just hurting. My arms are just struggling to get through this. And again, even in situations, I know it's a silly analogy. Jesus still sees us as we struggle. And there was one, one day, uh, I'll be actually, I was in a class with a professor, and I'll be finishing up my senior year. I've got this last year, finishing up my bachelor's degree at North Point Bible College. I'm excited, but I haven't even started yet, and I'm already ready <laughs> to be done. Um, but anyways, uh, it's exciting. And so I was in class one day, and uh, we were, before class even started, well, the professor who I was in class with had taken the time to just pray for a little bit before we start class. Sometimes this happens. It doesn't happen every week, but he decided to pray, and he said something when he prayed that stuck with me. And to be honest, it's really simple. I mean, a lot of us maybe have heard this. I mean, a lot of us know this. It's so simple, but I don't know why it stuck with me, and it's so true, and I wanted to share with you this morning. And what he said was, even if millions of people are all praying at the same exact time that you, that you, Jesus, that God would hear every single prayer. And I don't know about you, but that reminds me, if I, when I think about that, it expresses to my heart that it reminds me that the God that we serve is so much bigger than we can imagine, that even though we may feel so stuck in our situations, He hears our prayer, He sees us in our struggles, and He's bigger than our situations. So the the second thing I want to talk to you about this morning is that Jesus is with us in our storms. So let's take a look at verses 48 through 52. And it says, about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. He meant to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought it was a ghost and cried out, for they saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And he got into the boat with them, and the wind ceased. And they were utterly astounded, for they did not understand the loaves, but their hearts were hardened." And what I find interesting about this text is in the beginning when it says, on the fourth watch. So this is a typical thing back in the day and even now today. If you're on a boat, if you've ever been on a boat, a bigger boat, small boat, whatnot, you always have someone who's looking, whether you're the one steering the boat or you have someone up high, way perched up in the top. Someone's always watching. Why are they watching? Well, first, you want to make sure you're not crashing into any type of land. You want to make sure you're not crashing into another boat. I mean, there there's a purpose, there's a reason behind us being watchful as we're out at sea, as we're in the middle of this storm, the wind and the waves are crashing up on, on, the, on our boat, and we're uh, seeing this struggle. And so they were watching, and what I, what I question and what I wonder is if they were watching Jesus. Because if you look at it and you see that they were doing their normal watchful things that they would do as they were out on this boat, to me it's pretty evident that they weren't looking for Jesus. The one thing that they should have been looking for, they weren't. 
And why do I say this? Why do I think this? It's because in the end of that text, it says that their hearts were hardened, for they did not understand the loaves. So they didn't fully understand how God or how Jesus in that time, in that moment, when they experienced that miracle of him feeding the 5,000 with just a couple of fish and the loaves of bread, they didn't understand. So when they were out on the boat, they knew that Jesus wasn't on the boat with them. The last thing that they would have been looking for was Jesus. And the reality is, is that's who they should have been looking for. They should should have been looking for Jesus. And I think sometimes we do the very same things that the disciples did. We often try to find resources, which are good. We can talk to other people. We look to other things. We try to find our own ways out of our storm. We're looking, making sure that this boat that we're in is not going to completely sink. We're trying to make sure that we're looking out for land to see if maybe we're almost finished or we can see the end of the storm, where if we were the disciples and we're on the boat, the waves are crashing, the wind is crazy, and we're being watchful and we're looking, and we're looking to see out of the, on the sea to see if we can see where maybe there's like a wall where the water begins to be still, and that's where we know Know that the struggle or the hardship, the storm that we're facing is going to end. And we do these types of things when in reality, we need to be looking for Jesus. And I think sometimes we constantly will find ourselves praying. We'll be praying and praying and praying, asking God to say, hey, Jesus, I know you see me in this storm. I know you see me, but I'm looking for a way out. Jesus, help me out. I want to get out of this struggle. We cry out and we're like, Jesus, help me. I want to be out of this storm. But there's one thing I want you to get this morning that I think is really important that stuck out to me and Lord spoke to my heart and he said, what if instead of us praying and asking Jesus for him to pull us out of our storms, he's waiting and asking us for, uh, to pray to pull him into our storms. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's good. I think somebody needs to hear that this morning. Instead of praying and asking God to pull us out of our struggle, out of our storms, instead of looking to him and trying to say, Jesus, I need a way out, we need to find a way to pull him in to our storms because he's with us. And we see that in the very same way Jesus got into the boat with the disciples, Jesus is with us. He's right here in our hearts. He's with us. He walks with us. And he sees us in our storms. And once again, we ask God and we say, uh, you see, he sees us and we know we can ask him just as the disciples did. He'll get into the boat with us because he's with us in our storms. The fourth thing I want to talk to you about this morning is this. Sometimes our storms turn in the blessings. Now, what do I mean? I'm going to explain it to you this morning. If we take a look at the text and we read at the beginning, like I said, it said Jesus commands them to get in the boat. They hop in the boat and they're crossing to the lake and they're supposed to go to Bethsaida. But if you continue reading the text, sometimes if we read it too fast or we're focused on uh, Jesus doing this miracle of walking on the water and doing these things, we can miss over the fact that the disciples and Jesus, where they ended up, was not Bethsaida. They ended up in a completely different location than what they were in the beginning when Jesus said, hey, get in the boat and travel to the other side. 
And so what I want to say this morning is oftentimes this happens to us too. We type in our little GPS. We've got a little destination. We're on our way. We're making our trip to somewhere. We're doing this thing. We've heard a word from God, and we know that we're headed in the right direction for our lives. We've got this direction. The Lord is speaking to us. We're obeying him, and then boom, all of a sudden we get a flat tire on the way. Or boom, all of a sudden a car issue where we get into a car accident or we uh, find some construction on the road. How many of y'all get irritated? by construction, I'm with you. We have these things in our life, these little roadblocks that happen that all of a sudden our GPS has to change. Our destination, our direction needs to change. And this very same thing happened and we find ourselves in these trials and our hard situations and we end up in a totally different place than what we were supposed to. And we see that where they actually ended up, the disciples ended up in Gennesaret. And I want to tell you this morning that that is okay. That if you're on your destination, you've heard the word from the Lord, you have a place that you know you're headed to, and all of a sudden you end up in a totally different space. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel like, oh, I messed up. Or, oh, I found myself in the wrong spot, and now I messed up. And now maybe I'm even to the point where I'm not walking in the destination where God has put me. And we feel guilty. We feel a little bit of shame. We feel a little bit upset at ourselves because we ended up in a place that was totally different. But if we look at the story and we see what happens as we continue to read, people met with Jesus. So what I want to share with you this morning is that sometimes our destination may change. And because our destination changes, it will lead us to change someone's destiny. Now, here's what I mean by that. The disciples were obeying. They hopped in the boat. They ended up in a totally different place. And what happens? We read that they experienced Jesus, that they would bring people from all about the region, the cities, the countryside. doesn't matter where they were. They brought the sick. They brought the broken. They brought the blind to experience and touch even just the fringe of Jesus' garment. And today I want to tell you this morning, I want to ask you, is what if we did the very same thing? Jesus, the reality and truth is Jesus has given us the exact same authority that he gave the disciples to do this, to run about the region, to gather all of these people. He has given us that same authority. And what if each and every single one of us in this place, I wonder, I question as I was writing the sermon, I thought to myself, what if every single one of us in this place walked in that same authority and we ran about the lakeshore, we ran to our workplaces, we ran to our restaurants, we ran to these places and gathered the sick and brought them to a place where they can experience Jesus, where they can touch just the garment of Jesus and they can experience a change in their destiny. Not that we in our power and our strength can do that, but we can lead them and we can show them to the one who can. And we know that's Jesus. And that is so powerful. That is so powerful. So I just, I don't know, that's on my heart. And I wanted to share that with you that we need to walk in that same, very same authority this morning. And doing so gives us a perfect opportunity a perfect opportunity to do what we were called to do as Christ followers, that when we accept Jesus, we not only accept him, but we say we're called, we're going to go too. There's a part of that that sometimes I think that we miss. And so that's a super cool opportunity that we have that we can do. And even when we experience, like I was talking about earlier, a change in destination, 
that when we decide to go to a different restaurant instead of the ones we wanted to go to, or we decide to go to a different grocery store, or we decide to take a different path or a different way that we would normally go to our house or whatnot, uh, I mean, to all these different places, wherever we go, as we walk and as we journey through life, if we are okay with allowing ourselves to end up taking a different path and understanding that this path may lead us to help us to change someone else's destiny. We have to be okay with that. And we have to know that it is okay for one and two because Jesus sees you. And three, because Jesus is with you. He's with you in our hearts and he's given us that same authority. So I want to encourage you that with that this morning. Let's walk in that authority to know that we can pray for people and believe, have the faith to believe that people can be healed, that the blind can see again, that the paralyzed can walk. These very things. I've experienced healing in my life. There was um, a time when I was younger. I used to not be this tall. I was about like five foot six, maybe five foot seven. Um, this was in middle school, so this was like seventh grade. So I was pretty tall um, for a seventh grader. But over just a short summer of three months, a summer like we're in right now, I grew, I'm pretty sure it was like five inches in just those short couple of months. So I went from being kind of, kind of tall, maybe for a seventh grader, some some people that's tall to pretty tall and as an eighth grader the very ninth grade and so because of that I had experienced um, these pain in my knees if you're if have been there before or are tall and know this so I experienced tendonitis um, in my knees and so what that meant was if I was I had it so bad to the point anytime I mean anytime and every single time that I walked upstairs or that I crouched or bent over to do something and I love to play basketball so when I ran it would hurt my knees bad that I would have to take ibuprofen I've taken so much ibuprofen in my life that I could just fill a ginormous just bucket full of ibuprofen because I've I've done that and so much ice on my knees time and time again and I was at Camp Fajola one summer and we had a healing service. There was a time set aside purposely, purposefully to pray for people who were hurting. And I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I was the very last person to go up there to ask for healing. And I, I had this pain in my knees, and I went up there. I was the last person in line. I debated, I struggled in my head if I could do this, if this was actually real, if this was a thing that could happen, if I could be healed of my tendonitis. And I went up there and I, uh, someone prayed for me, the pastor who spoke that night prayed for me. He put his hands on my knees and when he prayed for me, I felt the release of that pain. And I'll tell you this morning, I went and I bent down. We, I, there, were, there was some worship playing in the background and when we were done, we, got, we prayed for probably over a hundred people that night. There was probably five or six hundred at camp. There were so many more than just me that got healed that night, and I bent down to sit down on my knees to test it. I tested it because the pastor told me, he said, now go test it. He encouraged us to see if we were actually healed. So I bent down, and the moment I bent down, I felt zero pain. And I know this seems really silly. It's just pain in the knee. But to me, it was so much more. I can't believe I'm crying right now. I hate crying if you know me. I hate it. 
but that was a big moment. Because that meant I got to experience the next couple of years playing basketball. But come on, dude, you're fine. I got to play basketball, and I got to experience the joy of it. And I love basketball, if you know me. And I can tell you this morning that there are people who are in need of that same healing, that same power, and we can experience it. If we walk in the authority that Jesus has given us, we can pray for people. So I want to leave you with that this morning as I'm trying to stop crying. Oh, Jesus, help me. I want to encourage you, Liz, if you could come up as we end service this morning. And if everyone could join me uh, in standing, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray that uh, maybe this morning you were challenged. Maybe this morning uh, the Lord spoke to your heart and said, you know what, maybe I need a perspective shift, a perspective change in my heart that when I face, even if I'm in a moment, I'm in a situation right now where I am experiencing, I'm living in that moment of the feeding of the 5,000. You might find yourself in that place right now where you're not experiencing a storm. Life is good. You're experiencing this miracle right now, and that's okay. But we can always prepare our hearts and be ready because we know that at some point or another, we are going to face something. And no matter how big or how small that thing is, We can rest in Jesus and we can know that no matter how stuck we may feel, no matter how big our situation is, he sees us. He sees us in our struggle and he's with us. He's getting in the boat with you every single time. We have to ask him in and we'll know and he'll speak to your heart and he'll say, take heart, it is I. I am. I'm here. Jesus is here. So I want to pray for you this morning. So if you would bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Maybe, I just want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you're in that place. Maybe you need that perspective shift. I want to ask you to be bold and just to slip up your hand real quick and say, that's me. I need that change in my heart. I need that change in my mind. I need to know that Jesus sees me, that Jesus is with me in my struggle, no matter how big or how small. I need that this morning. I want to pray for you this morning that the Lord would speak to your heart, that he would reveal to you, that he would show you right now that he sees you and he is with you. So Father, this morning, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, every single person who raised their hand tonight or whether or this morning if you did or didn't you feel that that sense in your heart that you know you're facing something or you know that something might be coming down the road we might face our struggles but God you see us where we are at you know our hearts you know the places that we're trying to go you see us in our struggle and you care so much about us father and I pray that right now that each person who raised their hand would experience a bit of your love that you would speak to their heart that you would speak to their mind and you would know that they would have a sense that is so tangible in this place that you see them, that your heart is for them, that you have never abandoned them, that you are with them in their struggle. You are with them in their storm and they can rest and they can trust in you, Father, this morning and know that they can walk in your spirit, they can walk in your love and that they can know that you are with them. You are with them and so I pray, Father, that you would help every one of us whether we're in a storm or whether we're facing one down the road, God, that we would be able to be vulnerable, that we would be able to be open and surrender to you to allow you into our storms. That we have to stop asking 
you to pull us out, but rather you come into our storms, Jesus. You meet us where we are. You meet us where we're at, Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that that is who you are, that you love us so much in this place. So I pray right now, Father, as we go, that you would be with us, that you would be with us, Jesus. Protect us, keep us safe, God. Be with us in our boats and our storms. And we pray all of this. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, thank you, Gateway Church, for being here. I hope this challenged you. I hope this blessed you this morning. Go on the peace and the grace of God. Uh, remember, the ushers will come and uh, dismiss you row by row. Uh, go in the grace of God. We bless you guys. We love you. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.